Our next guest in this episode of uh, Aging with Grace 55 Plus, actually we're going to our fourth season, and this is uh, episode two, and I'm pleased to welcome Gary Atkins. Uh, he is the new Kentucky, uh, ARP Kentucky Volunteer State President. I saw a press release uh, back in, uh, I guess it was July 25th, as Scott Wegenis, the Associate State Director of Communications, has shared that AARP Kentucky was indeed looking for a new uh, volunteer state president to succeed outgoing Charlotte Whitaker. And I'm pleased to announce in this episode that the organization has voted on Gary Atkins, who is their next state board president, volunteer president. So Scott, you are no, fr you are no friend to, yeah, I'm sorry, you're, you're not a, you are not a stranger. <laughs> You're no friend to AARP. You are no stranger to a to uh, Aging with Grace fifty five plus. How are you, sir? And welcome back to our podcast series. Well, good. I, I'm uh, glad to be back, and it's always good to talk with you. Well, I appreciate that. And before we get into uh, into your background a little bit more, I did allude to the person that you were replacing, who did an admirable job. If you can share your thoughts on uh, Charlotte, we've we've uh, featured her several times. We've also uh, bid her adieu on this program. But you any thoughts or reflections on her uh, on your predecessor, please? Well, I, I've got some uh, I've got some shoes to fill uh, because Charlotte has done such an excellent job uh, for I, I think about the last six years or so mm -hmm. that she's uh, held the office and. Uh, I know that she uh, she probably hates to give it up, and and she probably wants to give it up because it's it's a blessing and a curse that that goes with uh, with these jobs because you're you're uh, a volunteer, uh, you're in the public eye, and mm -hmm. uh, anything you do, good or bad, it reflects upon the organization. Yeah, reflects on the organization, which I might also. Uh... We're pleased to announce in one of our prior episodes, we met Troy Broussard, who's the new uh, state director. And so as the um, as the new board chair, you'll be working closely with Mr. Broussard from Louisiana. How does that work, uh, Scott, or what are your thoughts on working very closely with him as a key partner and counsel to the state director? Well, as uh, as, as myself, Gary Adkins, uh, is working with, uh, with Troy, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I have uh, had the opportunity to meet with him uh, on a couple of two or three different occasions in person and uh, talked with him on the phone multiple times. Uh, looking forward to working with him. Uh, he seems like an individual that I can work with. Uh, we have the same sort of uh, a team uh, mentality uh, mm -hmm. that we have to work together. We want to work together and we want to uh, use our, our team processes or processes in mm -hmm. order to uh, fulfill the goals that we have as an organization. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to working with Troy. Um, we'll be meeting with him uh, later on this week uh, uh, in a social activity. Uh, so I'll, I hope to be able to get, him, get to know him a little better uh, over the weekend. Well, you know, I think when you talk about working as a team, uh, uh, Scott or uh, Troy's background is uh, as is in the military, and you, sir, I think uh, Army Major, is that right, Gary? That's correct. I, I served twelve years on active duty uh, as a reserve officer, and mm -hmm. uh, got out. Uh, went to law school. Ended up uh, being a major in the uh, 
U.S. Army Reserves. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I enjoyed my time. Most of my, my time that I was in the military on active duty, I was in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of the, Seven out of the 12 years of service. Um, different times, I was at Fort Bliss, Texas. Uh, I served at Homestead Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. Uh, at uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, uh, a uh, Department of Defense training at Patrick Air Force Base, mm-hmm. at uh, the uh, Department of Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute. Uh, really enjoyed my time in Germany, mm-hmm. three years in Grafenwehr, Germany, a, a large training location where I was with a uh, Hawk missile system. Wow. And with that uh, system for three years. Mm-hmm. And then the other four years I was in Germany, I worked with the community headquarters mm-hmm. and uh, we put on the uh, community activities and, and thanks for community func- to function. Okay. Uh, housing, yeah. uh, commissary, PX, mm-hmm. um, the military police for security and uh, everything that you would have in a, in a community we provided. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then let's ratchet forward because uh, after the military, and I think uh, listeners of, the, of this podcast series, Aging with Grace 55 Plus, are familiar with your bona fides, but you've also uh, were a fraud specialist. You're a former assistant county attorney and a staff attorney here at the Commonwealth of Kentucky. All of this kind of adds up, I think, positioning you for your new role as the uh, new state volunteer president. I think it did, but I wasn't an assistant county attorney. I worked in the Commonwealth Attorney's Office. Ah. So I prosecuted felony cases throughout uh, throughout the areas of, of Kentucky that I was working uh, in the uh, different judicial circuits, and then a special prosecutor in some of the other uh, judicial circuits in Kentucky. In Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to uh, forgive us for the, uh, what is it, uh, uh, whenever you look at uh, 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 information online you should you should always verify it before you say it i read that and so i made the cardinal mistake with an attorney of not of not uh, knowing the answer before i asked the question so i beg forgiveness i'm repeating what i read online <laughs> i've done that on occasion too yes sir thank you very you're, you're very kind you're very kind so um how are you ex- inspired um gary by the exceptional work of aarp volunteers across the bluegrass how am I inspired? Yes, sir. Uh, well, I think I'm inspired by my father. Mm-hmm. Um, he served in the First World War. He was uh, about 26 years older than my mother and uh, he was born in 1895. Mm. Uh, he, he served in the, in the military uh, at war uh, in the trench warfare that they had in Europe. And uh, he came back to Kentucky and uh, served as a deputy sheriff, um, a four years as a sheriff, four years as a county judge, and then uh, four years as a city judge in, in Greenup County, Kentucky. He was a public servant. Hmm. And uh, the things that I've done in my career, uh, I've been a public servant also, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's uh, in the military or with my active duty, uh, when I worked with... Uh, Northeast Kentucky Legal Services, now Bluegrass, Legal Aid of the Bluegrass, okay. uh, representing low-income people in Northeast Kentucky, to working for the state as an assistant Commonwealth attorney mm-hmm. uh, in various places, and then working in the state 
uh, in Frankfurt working with the Department of Financial Institutions. Okay. Um, all those are, are public uh, interest locations. Yeah. I've done that my entire career. And when I retired, uh, I ran into Scott. You know Scott. Yeah, we, we know Scott. <laughs> uh, and, and he's the communications director at, uh, at AARP. Yeah, really uh, good guy. Kentucky. Very capable. And uh, he, I knew him through the uh, Department of Financial Institutions. I'd run across him uh, a couple of times involving some, some lead-ups to some uh, scam, scam jams that mm-hmm. the uh, Attorney General, um, Andy Brashear, uh, had running. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AARP participated in, as did the Department of Financial Institutions. Mm-hmm. And after I retired, I ran into Scott, and he invited me to come to the uh, AARP Kentucky Lexington team. Okay. So I came to that and got involved with them in activities here in central Kentucky. And uh, that progressed to the point of becoming more and more and more involved mm-hmm. uh, with AARP. And I've, I've traveled around Kentucky now with as a speaker on fraud awareness, and I've mm-hmm. spoken to different uh, uh, civic groups, uh, Kentucky retired teachers in various locations, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, optimist clubs, with religious groups, with uh, library groups, just a number of things. Yeah, And uh, it's inspiring to, to try to make a difference because yeah. that's what we're trying to do, to make a difference in the lives of our folks that are 50 plus, uh, which also impacts upon the lives of those that are under the age of 50, because you know, one of the things that we want to do is to try to stabilize uh, Social Security. Yeah. Prescription yeah. cost. Yeah. And various things that impact upon any citizen in the United States. Well, I think that's a good place to segue to pivot, if you will. Um, first, let's uh, fin- let's put a butt a bow on your years of service. How many years since you uh, first wa- started working? What's the total number of years with Kentucky AARP as a volunteer? I started working with them in uh, 2019. Okay, 2019. Uh, okay. After I retired in 2018. Yeah. So you've got a good body of work. You have a good awareness of what they do. So now let's continue that that thread of thought. Um, Gary, which you were going to allude to, which I'll now uh, pin you down to. Uh, if someone walks up to you and says, what does AARP do? You, you kind of gave us a little bit of a synthesis there, that you are indeed an advocate for families and for issues that are facing uh, uh, seniors in our, in, our, in our Commonwealth. Yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we do, because we try to be the voice of, of uh, our population here in Kentucky that is 50 plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our primary uh, folks that we are looking at, which also impacts upon those folks that are under age 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the things that I'm hoping that we can do is and planning to do is to expand uh, outside the uh, the urban areas into the rural areas of Kentucky. Okay. Well, you have experience there because you alluded to the fact you're from uh, Greenup County. Uh, which is one of our 120 counties in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, that is indeed a rural area. So you have you already have boots on the ground knowledge of what they need in Greenup County and other areas, yes? Or some, yeah. some inkling, if you will. Oh, absolutely, because I in, uh, in prosecuting, I worked in Round Bath, Menifee, Montgomery, 
mm-hmm. uh, Mason, Fleming, and Bracken, uh, oh. Greenup County, uh, in uh, Lewis County, and Boyd County, yeah, Pike County, and McGolfin County. I, you know, we have, you know, most of most of it has been in Northeast Kentucky or in Eastern Kentucky. And for our listeners who may not be as familiar, those are traditionally um, uh, challenged, economically challenged areas. They have sp- they have pernicious problems, which it just seems to be going on for years and years and years. Probably exacerbated by OxyContin and all the other uh, influence of drugs in that area. It's a desperate part of our state. Would you agree with that, Scott? For our listeners who haven't who are not familiar with that area, uh, um, again, I'm Gary. <laughs> I got uh, Scott on the mind. I got Scott Wagonis on the mind, Gary. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it shows you what an impact Scott has made on our lives, right? <laughs> and I must say also that I'm also appreciative of Scott Wagonis and Kentucky <laughs> AARP. Uh, also, in full candor, I'll be one of three sponsors of my podcast series. So, Gary, thank you, sir, and carry on with your answer, please. Well, I'm, I'm not sure what the question was. Now I, I lost track. Well, fair enough. Well, let me just rephrase it, which is it seems like those areas that you've uh, just identified, and especially for folks who may not be as familiar with Kentucky, those are perennially economic disadvantaged areas with some particular problems, which it seems like is ongoing. It's especially pernicious in eastern Kentucky and and those counties that you mentioned. And you also mentioned before, I think, about the the drug problems there. Yes, sir. And yes, uh, yes, you know, that's that's a continual problem. Uh, when I was prosecuting, I remember uh, many of those uh, counties had uh, very high overdose rates. And uh, I know we went, we prosecuted a lot of uh, folks that were drug traffickers. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, and also the folks that were thieving, uh, stealing uh, in order wow. to to get money in order to get drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of a, an endless cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we've established the fact that you have a particular awareness with those issues uh, that are in those uh, that are out in the rural areas where you kind of want to, to um, increase the visibility for Kentucky AARP. But what are some of your other top priorities you'd like to share with the uh, volunteers, staff, and the 425,000 AARP members in Kentucky? <laughs> well, we're, we're going to try to be more visible around the state. Uh, and again, out into the, the rural areas, the 120 counties that we have, uh, we want to be more active with, uh, with our military uh, veterans mm-hmm. uh, and the military members that are in Kentucky. Um, and uh, th- those are the key things. And the fraud that we're seeing that impacts upon everybody in Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, the, the uh, scam phone calls, the scams that, that are perpetrated on our, uh, our seniors uh, that are victims of, of these crimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I was prosecuting uh, and working with the Department of Financial Institutions, we tried to work all of our our fraud cases through the federal authorities because they could they could have a, a bite on these fraudsters. Yeah. So they went to prison for 50 years. They went to prison for 50 years in Kentucky. Mm. Unfortunately, um, theft by deception 
um, and some of these theft uh, offenses, um, the most that they could probably get maybe 20 years, and they'd be eligible for parole in five. Yeah. So, mm. and and there's no restitution uh, really for the victims of these crimes. Um, so I, I I would hope that uh, in talking to the legislature, we can uh, increase penalties um, to have more bite in our crimes, mm-hmm. uh, crime penalties for those that happen to uh, senior citizens. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the uh, state's uh, congressional delegation, you will be visiting them to share these concerns and other issues. So um, as we go to our close, and by the way, for our listeners, hope you're enjoying my interview with Gary Atkins as much as I am. He is uh, AARP, uh, Kentucky's uh, new volunteer state president, and obviously has a passion for the position, which we'll probe in a minute. So, uh, Gary, we touched a little bit on your passion, but before we get there, I want to talk about your specific agenda. You mentioned raising the visibility uh, for the organization, but other thoughts, uh, what else are you going to be doing when you, or what else is on your agenda when you meet with the state uh, delegation in Frankfurt, our capital? Well, that's, that's something that we're going to be working on with the uh, executive committee. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I will not be taking office until January the 1st. Mm-hmm. of 2024. Okay. Uh, so uh, we will have some time to meet with the executive committee and to work out these issues uh, with them and with Troy uh, on what our agenda is going to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I'm going to be going through some training uh, coming up next month uh, to better enable me to understand uh, the full uh role that I'm going to be taking and, uh, and working with, with Troy and with the, with the committee, the executive Mm -hmm. committee. So Mm -hmm. right now I have some, some just random thoughts, uh, that I hope will be able to gel and to work with our executive committee and with, with Troy, Mm -hmm. our executive director in order to, to finalize some things and, and finalize our agenda. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, you obviously have a passion for the position. I kind of alluded to that, um, Gary, as we close. You mentioned your dad, um, other, and you mentioned your service in the military. You mentioned uh, working as an attorney in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. What else specifically fuels your passion for the job that you're about to put your hand to as a, as a volunteer state president? Well, I, I guess it would, I think it would be the teachers that I had uh, growing up because uh, when my father died, when I, when I was eight, oh. uh, we survived, my mother and I survived on our social security uh, survivor benefits. And uh, we did not have much money growing up. Uh, my my mother worked uh, as a uh, uh, an individual that helped to clean houses uh, and do those sort of jobs. Uh, when I was in high school, I worked at a, a, a local grocery store uh, as a bagger and stacker uh, mm-hmm. of the of the shelves. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my uh, teachers that I had selected me to be an Upward Bound student. And uh, Upward Bound is is a part of the TRIO program 
that was with uh, enacted back in the 60s, and it took kids that were that had high school uh, had potential to go to a college mm-hmm. and help them. And I was selected in the Upward Bound program, went to Moorhead State University during the summers of 68, 69, 70, uh, graduated from high school in 70. And it gave us a start and to help us with our high school and to get us into college. For our listeners uh, and also for our viewers, we trust that you've enjoyed this interview as much as I have with uh, Gary Atkins. He's uh, the uh, new volunteer state president for AARP Kentucky. And all of us are familiar with AARP Kentucky. We get those cards, right? Uh, and we are all of us are welcoming them to have 50 plus into this nationwide organization, which has 38 million members. And AARP strengthens communities and advocates and advocates rather for what matters most to families, which is health, security, financial stability, and personal fulfillment. And I'm grateful the 425 million Kentuckian, Kentuckians are part of this impressive group of 38 million members uh, nationwide. And we're also glad to know that Gary Atkins, effective January 1st, 2024, will be at the helm of this organization in Kentucky. Gary, I forgot to ask you, uh, how long is your term? It's a two-year term that can be extended. Well, that means then you will be back to share with us again on another edition of Aging with Grace 55+. Plus. Thank you for your time, sir, and have a great day. Bye-bye. When he turned 15 years old, and, and as I introduce you to our mystery person as part of this episode of Aging with Grace 55+, plus, you know each episode I like to end with a fun factoid. And as we head into the holiday season, you'll understand why the following factoid is certainly relevant to today's program. Uh, the person you're about to meet, when he turned 15, this young man started working aboard a whaling ship when he got a tat- when he got the tattoo of a red star on the back of his hand. That clue, keep that in mind as we move forward, because this young man was born in 1822 and had grown up on Nantucket Island in Massachusetts, which at that time was the largest collection of millionaires more than anywhere else in the United States, thanks to the prolific whaling industry. At 19, he started working as a printer's apprentice in Boston. He had read about Benjamin Franklin's success and decided to model his own career after the legendary printer, inventor, and statesman. Unfortunately, printing didn't suit our mystery person as well as it did Franklin, so at the backing of his brothers, he opened his first dry goods store in 1843, which ultimately failed. Matter of fact, over the next 10 years, he failed at four additional retail ventures. So R.H. moved to California in search of gold in those hills, and he also dabbled in real estate speculation. So despite his retail failures, R.H., as he was now known, returned to Massachusetts with $4,000 in his pocket and a wealth of new life experiences. He opened another store in Haverhill, Massachusetts in 1851. And guess what happened to that store? Yes, it too ultimately failed. However, the now 36-year-old had no intention of giving up. So he moved to New York City in 1858 and opened another dry goods store. 
on the corner of 6th Avenue and 14th Street, immediately putting to use what he had learned from his successive failed stores. I think we're about six right now, right, total, and instituted groundbreaking initiatives in retail management. For example, he was the first to have department store windows. He was the first to have Santa Claus during the holidays, and he originated themed store exhibits and lighted displays to draw customers in from the street. He also offered money-back guarantees, which his store continued to do and also continued to offer customers, which was unique in his day. So have you guessed who our mystery guest is? Have you missed, meant, Have you thought about all the clues I've given you? Remember during his youthful whaling days, the red star from a tattoo on the back of his hand that became the symbol of his store? Well, here's a final clue for you. In 1902, the flagship store on Herald Square in New York City was built. And after a 1942 expansion, it became known as the largest store on earth, which is in itself very impressive. But to attract customers, he had created a parade, a parade of massive floats and character balloons extensively decorated with special appearances from Santa Claus and his Thanksgiving Day Parade has been delighting children since 1924. And now you know the rest of the story. I'm sure you're putting the pieces together, the red tattoo on the back of his hand, R.H., his initials. Well, now we can reveal who this mystery merchandiser was. Impressive in his day, R.H., known also as Roland Hussey, who shortened his name to R.H. as in R.H. Macy's. Well, that's the rest of the story. And, you know, and he's created this brand, right, that expanded exponentially and has since then become a household name with more than 800 department stores across the United States. R.H. Macy, the star in his hand, began to adorn his, his stores and also became the symbol of his international empire. People are like, I knew that. Well, if you knew that, then you, well, anyway, never mind. I love sharing those kind of stories, uh, and I hope you enjoy hearing them as well. In addition to our guests, we have some great guests on today's episode of Aging with Grace uh, 55 Plus. First, I want to thank you for spending time to listen to us and enjoy this episode as much as I did, uh, recording it for you, present it in collaboration with Kentucky AARP and DPL Financial which is committed to strengthening financial plans with powerful products, delivering value for clients and advisors alike. For more information, please visit dplfp.com. Remember, aging is not a time of diminishment or being relegated to the sidelines of life, but it is a time of application of lessons taught by some of our best teachers, including experience. And now for the last thought of the day from James B. Clear, James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, writes, Good habits make time your ally. Bad habits make time your enemy. So until next time, this has been your host, Dale Josie of Aging with Grace 55+. Plus. Bye for now. Please visit my website, awg55.com, to listen to past episodes of Aging with Grace 55+. Plus including purchasing a deck of 35 oversized playing cards for deeper, more meaningful conversations with the seniors in your life or community.